getting into the gym or facing physical challenges feel so hard? Well, mindset may be the issue more than your actual physical strength. Challenging your body physically has a lot to do with what's in your head, your mindset. Why is this important? Well, we can learn a lot about how to face business challenges from the way we meet our physical challenges. That's why. There's a lot of truth to the saying, a sound mind is in a sound body. So today in the Waste Up Wardrobe studio, I'm going to be interviewing a serial entrepreneur who's also a super athlete. And he's going to take us on a journey of all his ups and downs that he has seen during this athletic journey. But you know the drill. If you want to take that ride with us, you're going to have to stick around to join in. Welcome to Waste Up Wardrobe. I'm Christine Bartinian, an attorney turned personal style expert and image consultant. As the founder of Jade for All Seasons, I am passionate about unveiling the inner confidence of my clients by developing their personal style and dressing them for success. But is getting dressed up still important in our virtual world? Well, that's where my experience can help with what I call Waste Up Wardrobe. Waste Up Wardrobe is a podcast for all things you need to conduct an outstanding Zoom meeting. It's about how to dress for the camera, but it's not just about the clothes. It's about everything you need to know to show up on brand and professionally on camera. Join me in the Waste Up Wardrobe studio to discuss how to navigate this virtual world and dominate from behind the desk. Hi, Virtual Nation. It's welcome again to another episode of Waste Up Wardrobe. So excited that you're here today. This series of the mindset series that I call um, is a series of episodes where we are focusing on mindset. And because mindset has everything to do with how we show up, how we exude confidence. And we're taking mindset in every one of these episodes and we're focusing on it from different perspectives. So we've talked about you know, meditating to a better mindset. We've talked about what really mindset means. We've talked about how you pivot, how you get control of that mind to pivot in business. And today we are going to be looking at mindset from the perspective of a super athlete. You know, athleticism and and whether whatever spectrum of athleticism you're on, whether you train every day or you are a triathlete or um, an Olympic um, athlete, takes a certain kind of mindset. And that's what we're going to be focusing in on today. But before we get started, I just wanted to say thank you to my very awesome producer, Rick Moscoso, who's always in the production room, making sure everything goes great and uh, without a hitch on the show. And so really grateful for him here. And remember that uh, we are on iTunes, so you can subscribe or download the episodes and watch them. And you can find us on YouTube and also on Facebook, of course, and LinkedIn. So uh, you know, join us and, and, and download any one of those platforms or you know, join us on any one of those platforms um, and tune into Waste Up Wardrobe. You can do it by audio or visual because, you know, we do both to make it convenient for everybody. So I want to um, also mention that. Waste Up Wardrobe, as you know, is a series of episodes that really help the audience have a dynamic, successful uh, virtual office, a virtual virtual setting. It's not just about the clothes, because as you know, my overarching business, Jade for All Seasons, is about really that image as it relates to clothes. But it's about every part of your image, whether it be clothes, whether it be the setting you're in, or 
your mind because that is an above the waist feature. So today we are going to be, I'm going to be interviewing um, an athlete who has done it all. He is a serial entrepreneur, so he really understands business. He's been a mentor for other people in business, so he has that perspective too. But what's so fascinating about him is that he is a um, an accomplished triathlete and super athlete, and I'm going to let him explain more about what he's accomplished there. But first, let me brag about him a little bit. So growing up, Chuck Getchell lived in the pool. He competed internationally and at the U.S. Olympic trials. By the age of 15, he had started two businesses. From there, he was hooked on entrepreneurship he and became a career entrepreneur, primarily in the personal development, business coaching, networking, and technology areas. He has uh, mentored hundreds of people, developed leadership-based communities by the thousands, and spoke around the globe to stadium-filled audiences about business, leadership, and living a purposeful life. He has shared the stage with notables such as Zig Ziglar, Les Brown, Mark Victor Hansen, John Maxwell, Robert Kiyosaki, and others. He was forced to walk away from a multi-million dollar business due to some significant conflicts of beliefs and business ethics, which led several to several other life-changing events. His comeback process, though, led to the release of his two books, Simon Says, and The Anatomy of a Comeback. Looking forward, he saw a technical need for multi-location businesses to fully capture the potential of the rapidly expanding social media space. Socialize Inc., DBA Ralio, was launched and today serves thousands of businesses. Today, in addition to, to leading Ralio, he continues his quest to burst the impossible with his extreme running challenges and to teach people to raise their belief of their own personal potential. When you change your thinking, he says, you'll change your life. Please help me welcome Chuck Getchell to the show. Hi, Chuck. Hey, Christine. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure and an honor. I'm so excited to get this conversation started and to really learn more about everything you've done, but also to give the audience all this good value about how they can uh, take the nuggets that work for them and apply it to their own lives and businesses. So, but before we get started, I um, I have this thing that I like to do with my guests. It's called the Waste Up Wardrobe 60 Seconds to know you and these are easy questions so don't don't be worried about this <laughs> so so uh so my first question cats or dogs uh cats actually curious do you have a cat i have two kittens uh, my daughter got for christmas so been a dog lover all my life but we had to get two little kittens and they are the craziest funniest cutest most curious little things in the world so now i'm a cat lover i have to admit yeah, I, I think pets really do change your life. Um, running or walking? Oh, come on. So running, running and running and running some more, for sure. Yeah. So part of what you do uh, in your triathlons is that it's heavy running, right? Yeah. And now all the extreme running, I mean, it, it, I want to get somewhere. So it's all about let's go. So I, I'm constantly running. Yep. Yeah. Talk more about that. Golfing or fishing? <laughs> easier right golfing all, right. all about the golf so do you have something against fishing or 
Uh, it's a long story, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm not going to go there with the fish, but, um, yeah, golfing is a lifelong, um, addiction. Um, it's, I'm not a golfer, uh, like your producer, Rick, who's a scratch golfer. He's amazing. I'm a hacker who wants to be a golfer one day. So, um, I'm going to keep trying. Awesome. And individual or team? Ah, uh, tell you what, both, but I'm going to have to go with team because the, the victory of a team together is so sweet. Um, love, love the individual uh, focus, but it's got to be about a team victory. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you make your best friends on team too. It, it's, it's sort of a, a lifelong relationship because you rely on each other so much. That's right. Absolutely. It's always about the team. All right. Well, let's get into mindset. Okay. <laughs> So um, as someone who feels that training in the gym is like really training for life, which I, I'm just guessing that you agree with that statement. I, I, I personally feel that way. Um, it, you know, when you push the limits in the gym, you are actually really exercising that even that mental muscle That's of right. pushing yourself in other areas. So that the super training you do requires some kind of a mental strength or a certain kind of mindset to be really dialed in. Can you expand on that idea? Yeah. In fact, I'm asked all the time, like, why do you run all these extreme, um, extreme things? Like even just training the last 10 days, I did half marathon every day for the last 10 days of January, just, just to kind of kick in January. So January is like a 260 something mile, which I know some people do a lot more, but, um, but I do that for the exact opposite. So it's not that the mindset is necessary for the training, but the training and the adversity and putting yourself in that situation is the grounds for growing your mindset. So I kind of want to reverse that a little bit. A lot of people say, why do you do these extreme runs? And it's so that I put myself in a position where the adversity forces me to look for a higher mindset. So, so when your body's screaming stop and your mind's screaming stop and everything is just telling you to stop, you have to find a way in which you can stay calm. You have to have a calm mindset. You have to think about what matters. You have to think about progress. Then you have to find a higher gear. You're forced to fire a higher gear. And so that, that moment right there is growth. And so the, the training actually helps you uh, grow the mindset so that then you can use the mindset to actually grow the rest of your life. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And and mindset really impacts every area of our lives. But I see what you're saying. I like how you reverse that because that's even another perspective that I haven't talked about. And I love at the beginning, you said, you know, I, I ran half uh, marathons for the last 10 days. I believe that was your statement. But, you know, and a lot of people do so many other things. It's interesting because I always I believe that whatever it is that gets you wanting to take that physical action, you should do it. It could be walking your dog, but as long as you're moving. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when you train, like, yeah, it, let's go. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's fine. When you are um, training for something that's hard for you, that's where you need to be. But everybody's at a different level. Obviously, not everybody is doing a triathlon, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter what level you're at. In fact, I, I get that comparison all the time. Like, oh, you know, I can't go run 100 miles. Like, well, can you run one? No. Well, then great. Then one is your target, right? It's for you running that one mile for me, 100 miles. Before you know it, you probably will be running 100 miles. You can. Anybody can adjust to anything. But it's really about the level of effort. If you're here, then go here. And it really doesn't matter what the gap is. It's just find the gap that is going to stretch you and take that step towards it, right? I mean, that's what it's about. So it's not a comparison game whatsoever. It's comparing against yourself or where you're at and taking it a, a notch up. 
Yeah, absolutely. So tell us more about some of the physical challenge that you have had to take on as an athlete. Well, so my career as an athlete was was swimming, uh, as you mentioned early on. So that, I grew up in the pool. I'm, I'm half fish, right? So, I mean, I, that's that's all I did for a long, long, long time. And then it ended abruptly at the Olympic trials where I didn't make the team, which wasn't the plan. I was supposed to make the team. I was supposed to go to the Olympics. And it was literally at, that, at the Olympic trials when I didn't make the team that I decided, uh, you know what, I'm going to be a triathlete because apparently triathlons were going to go into the Olympics this is back, I'm dating myself in the 90s. And so I, I went after um, that, which is a whole nother sport. Like from the pool, suddenly I'm riding a bike. I was very uh, fit, I was very fast, and I was very uncoordinated. So I crashed a lot. So um, it was a great sport for me, right? Um, I had wiping out all the time. In fact, one of my big claims to fame is if you go back a long time ago in the worldwide sports, is like the agony. Uh, throw a victory and agony and defeat and there's a cyclist that runs into the camera guy and it topples like that that was actually me so like that's like my greatest achievement was um you know being on agony and defeat i didn't make the thrill of victory um real unfortunately but um but from there then i went into ultra marathons and that's where i live today really it's just these crazy long wild runs um, because they talk about creating adversity and living in that adversity and growing in that adversity. Um, that's where I love to be. So that's why I do that. And that's where I'm at now. For people who say, why? You know, why does it, why do you need to do all that to, to achieve, to achieve a, a higher level mindset? What do you tell them? Well, I'll tell them this. Um, first of all, I, I live on a certain premise, and the premise is we're here to grow, right? We're here to grow. And from that growth, we're here to serve, and that's one other topic. But we're here to grow. But because I'm committed to that lifelong pursuit of growth, um, for me, uh, the athletics and the extreme stuff is the best possible environment that I can put myself in to grow. So a lot of people say, like, why do you do these wrong runs? It must hurt. It hurts a lot. It hurts so much that it forces me to get into a state of mind over matter. And I can't just sit on a chair, sit on the couch, and suddenly grow my mind um, because I'm not stressed out. I'm not in any sort of um, a fire. And so when I put myself in the fire, uh, where now everything's breaking down, everything's hurting, everything, body screaming, mind screaming, now is the opportunity, as uncomfortable as it is, to actually grow. So I do this so that I can actually continue my, my growth. The reward is the growth. The reward is the growth. Absolutely. That's the whole point. And, 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 and why does that matter? Well, again, because that's my lifelong pursuit. I believe in that core value that we're supposed to continually grow. But what really happens is um, it, it, when you come out of that moment, uh, the rest of life is so much easier. So when now suddenly I'm in a business situation and there's chaos breaking out, I know how to focus and I know how to stay calm in the midst of a storm. I know how to focus on things that matter, on things to continually make progress because it's the exact same mindset I had to use out there on the trail at, at mile 79, so to speak. Yeah. So, you know, my next question was going to be how how your your physical challenges have developed you as a person and you've touched on it a little bit. Is there anything else you can add to that? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's, I think the biggest thing is what I've learned is that 
uh, I don't know what the limit is, right? I, and we'll talk more about some of these crazy things, but what are your limits? So the thing that this has done for me is to realize that I don't know myself yet. I don't know what I'm capable of yet. I used to think, well, I can't do that. I, it was like everybody else. You hear the thoughts in your head that says, you can't do this, you can't do that. Well, what happens when you do it? Now you've got this conflict in your head and going, wait, I thought I couldn't, but then I did. So maybe, maybe this time when I'm saying I can't do it, maybe I really can. So the breakthroughs that happen consistently in these extreme moments um, allow me to realize maybe there's breakthroughs in my personal life. Maybe I don't realize what I could become. And that's really freeing. It's really scary because you don't really know what your potential is, but it's also really freeing and very empowering to say, hey, why not? Let's go for this because I don't know if I'm actually possible, able to achieve it. Maybe I can. Yeah. I always say that when you're when you're facing a physical challenge, when you're really pushing through something uh, hard physically, you get to that goal and then it feels like, okay, well, I got to this goal. Now I have to set another one. That's right. That's, that's, that's right. higher. Well, and let's face it, you feel alive in the pursuit, right? It, it's the pursuit where you feel the burn and the burn allows you to feel alive. And so once you get to that one level, we are naturally drawn to want to go to the next level. We want to feel that. We want we, we want to feel alive. And that's what's going to help us feel alive is pursuing uh, the next level. So really the achievement, the getting there, you know, they say, well, what does it feel like when you finish the race? Well, that was great. But what was really powerful was getting through mile 56 to 57 because everything was breaking down that moment. And I took everything to get through that one mile. So that was the victory of the race, not so much the actual finish, say. Yeah. And as you say that, I see all these um, parallels between that physical challenge, that marathon, that journey and the ups and downs and the journey of an entrepreneur. And being that you're both, mm -hmm. tell us a little bit of, in your in your opinion how those parallel well an entrepreneur is a visionary right an entrepreneur is the guy who says it hasn't been done but i'll do it and so when you have these physical moments and again it doesn't matter what level you're at you know if you've never um bench pressed 100 pounds um the first time you do it, you just broke through and you bench pressed 100 pounds. So when you have those types of breakthroughs all the time in the physical realm, then you go into the business side. And as an entrepreneur, you're like, well, this has never been done. Well, who's to say I can't do it? Right. So it's an exact parallel and it's a perfect crossover. So, you know, I don't know if it was my entrepreneurial side of doing breakthroughs that led to the athletics wanting to do breakthroughs or the other way around. But they certainly support one another. And uh, I can't encourage it enough. And so your your physical challenges that you've been through do uh, do inform your entrepreneurial challenges. So you they're sort of you can one informs the other. So in your entrepreneurial journey, tell us a little bit about how you can see some of those parallels. Well, let me tell you, it, 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 if you're an entrepreneur, it's not for the faint heart, right? I mean, an entrepreneur is. You know, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur when they see the final successful result. Nobody wants to be the entrepreneur when you're you're trying to figure out how you're going to make payroll and you've got 32 people expecting a check in their bank account and you look at the corporate account and the funds aren't there, right? And every entrepreneur who's built a company has gone through those stages where it's it's tough in the beginning. It's a grind. Those first two to five years, it is, it is a grind. And it's easy to lose your mind. It's easy to become overwhelmed. It's easy to just go, ah, I want to scream and jump out the window, right? And you can't do that. And so... Um, taking the, the lessons of athletics where your body and mind are all screaming, 
and learning in that moment, stay calm, right? Don't, don't listen to all that, stay calm, stay focused and focus on what matters. What's the solution here? So a lot of times in, in an extreme moment in running, it'll be like, I need to focus on my breathing. I need to focus on my rhythm. I need to focus on that rock right there. I'm going to get to that rock. The rest of the world doesn't exist. Only that rock exists. I need to get to that rock and I'm going to get there. And that kind of a focus, then you go over here and say, okay, we can't make payroll. Great. Now we've acknowledged that. Now, how can we make payroll? What do we need to do? Is there an account we can call and get a payment on? Is there something we can do? Let's stay calm. Let's stay focused. That's the rock we need to get to. We need to make that payroll and we're going to figure out what we need to do to make that happen. So it's exactly the same process. All these traits about what leads to success in entrepreneurship and, uh, you know, in life and in your, you know, your athleticism or whatever you do for, to, 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 you know, challenge your, your body physically really are traits that you could see across the board. Like for instance, you said what we thinking clearly and really staying calm is such an important feature, uh, such an important quality, but also uh, being resourceful. How do you change gears? How do you pivot? We had a whole show on how do you pivot if something something isn't going the way you expected it to. It's a year of pivot, right? <laughs> Everybody's going to pivot or die. A hundred percent. So one of the things that you said earlier, too, you said when you are in the middle of one of those uh, runs or triathlons, you are you feel alive. This is, did I did I state your what you said correctly? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And, and that's and sometimes if people think feeling alive is only if you feel good or feel happy, feeling alive is your feeling, period. Right. So if you're feeling anything, it means you're not dead. Right. So so the point that you're feeling something means you're alive. The fact that you're alive means you have choices. The fact you have choices means you can determine a direction and a future. And so it's very exciting whether you're feeling it in a painful moment or exciting moment. Hey, you know, what? it's like my mentor used to always say, you can't steer a parked car, right? Well, if it's parked, the steering wheel won't move. Get moving. Even if you're going in the wrong direction, it's easy to start moving that steering wheel and get in the right direction. So if you're moving, you're feeling something, you can get, you can dial things in and get on track. And that's what it's all about. So, you know, embrace the fact that you're feeling something. Yeah. Sometimes when I I train just in the gym, I I complain sometimes and I say, I feel like I'm dying. I'm dying. And then suddenly I have to remind myself that is the absolute worst mindset to have right. and to, to shift to, I actually am living right now. I am living. So oh. when you said that, that's what came to mind for me is like shifting. That is a mindset shift, right? I feel I'm feeling defeated. I'm feeling this is too hard. And then I have to it's almost like you have to wake up and go wait no to get to that next level to push through this uh you have to you have to you have to be positive yeah. and feel alive and it's always that right mindset right like muhammad ali i love when he said yeah how many sit-ups did you do today and he goes i don't know i only started counting when it started to burn right and, and that's the whole point like all the stuff up to the point where you want to quit that was just to break down your muscles enough to now you can actually get to the point where you're going to start growing. So, so it's like if you're not in pain when you're working out, you haven't gotten through the first process. It doesn't matter how many sit-ups you do that are easy. It matters how many sit-ups you do when it's not easy, right? So get through those early sit-ups to get through the, the gym or the run or whatever that doesn't hurt and go, great. Now you've done the part where you get to the stage where you can actually start the growth. You're not going to start growing if you don't get to that stage. So, yes, it hurts. 
but also be happy, embrace it. You go, finally, I'm here, I'm growing. And I tell my son, who's a track guy all the time, I go, you gotta be excited. Everyone else is gonna start complaining. That's the point that you pat yourself on the back, say, great, now I can start counting my sit-ups, right? Now I can start looking to see myself progress. And I came here to work out to progress, right? Well, but then I finally got to the starting line of progression. So I should actually be excited and be positive instead of negative at that point. Yeah, it's uh, sort of the, the growing pains, the growing pains of getting to the next level. As, as a human being, we start you know, when we're, when we're born and, you know, everything that we do, learn to crawl, learn to walk, those are all, you know, we're pushing through. Yeah. And, and here's an interesting thought on that note. When you look at little kids, when they're developing in their development, they still don't know fear, which can be really a big setback to mindset when you're an athlete, but they still don't know fear. And so they, they fall and they get up and they start again. And so it's interesting as we grow, then we get more conditioned by our environment to fear things or to be feel like we're challenged. Do you have uh, an opinion about that? Well, yeah, totally. I mean, I, you don't see a, you know, a toddler say, you know what, I'm giving up the walking thing. Right? It just didn't work for me. I'm going to crawl the rest of my life. Like, you know that they're going to break through, right? Because of exactly what you just said. They don't have limits in their head. They haven't, they haven't accepted enough self-doubting beliefs in their head. So they're like, hey, everyone's all right. I'm going to get up. I'm going to walk. I'm going to push through no matter how many times I break down and fall down. And thank God, God didn't give us kneecaps when we're babies, right? So we don't break our knees every, as we're trying to learn to walk. But uh, it's the same thing as you get older. Like, you've got to start. Here's one of the biggest breakthroughs I ever had in my life. And that's when I finally learned that the, the, the voices in my head, this sounds a little weird, but I'm not the speaker, I'm the listener. So forever and ever, I used to adopt anything that was in my head, like, you can't do this, you're not good enough for this, you're not even worthy of this, or this person, or this business, or this success. And, and I would just adopt that as that was a fact. When I suddenly realized I'm the listener, and I have the choice to accept or reject any of that that comes in my head, it changed my life. So now I can be like that child again, right? And I can say, you know, when it says, you can't do this, and I say, you know what? I'm gonna reject that because there's other times that I heard that voice saying you can't do it and I actually did it. And just like a child, I learned to walk, right? And so I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna reject that thought and say, I probably can do this. And so that whole mindset shift like a child where you get you get you raise the limits, get rid of those limitations and reject the limited thinking is truly a choice. It's very empowering and something that's very important if you want to have a lot of breakthroughs in your life. Yeah, uh, truly a choice, because some people would say, I can't do it. It's not my choice. I just can't and right. limit themselves and set those boundaries for themselves. And, um, and, and they're, not saying that. they're hearing that in their head. Mm -hmm. And then they're just saying it out their mouth. So that's the whole point. Like they're hearing in their head, I can't do this. And then they accept that. And then they say that. And what they need to do is when they hear in their head, acknowledge that they just heard that and go, why, why am I limiting myself? I'm going to reject that. And I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say, you know, I feel like I can't do that. I'm hearing that I can't do that, but I, I can do all things. And so I'm going to believe that maybe in fact, I can do that. Yeah, I completely understand that. And, and I, I see that. So when you have run marathons, and I assume there have been times where you reach a certain goal, and then the next goal you set for yourself is, is a little bit more hot is higher. Yeah. Yeah. So how is there, is there another shift that has to happen, happen when, um, when you're going for that higher goal? 
Right. And, and to your point earlier, it doesn't matter if it's going from, you know, running a mile to three miles uh, to doing a 24 hour run to saying, now I'm going to run a five day stage race or something. It, it's all the ability of saying to yourself, I'm not going to overthink it. I'm just going to say the next step is to take the next step. I'm going to step into the higher challenge and I'm going to embrace whatever comes to me. I don't know what it's going to come to me. I just know it's going to be a lot of adversity. And when the adversity comes, I'm going to hug it. I'm going to love it. I'm going to welcome it because that's the stuff that's going to allow me the opportunity to grow into somebody bigger. So I'm actually going to welcome the thing that everybody's afraid of, right? And I'm going in with that mindset, that looking for that adversity, welcoming the adversity, and then finding a way to grow over that adversity. And then I'm going to leave the situation a bigger person. That's the whole point. Yeah, that's really, uh, it kind of brings that whole idea together. So sometimes what happens is you are, you could be a, a super athlete or you could be really good at a sport and something happens and, and rocks you or something happens in the, in your mind and you almost like for a, for a split second, you give up, right? And you don't reach that goal. Right. What's, what's happening there? Well, I mean, let's face it. Um, like I said, you, you're the listener. You're hearing all this stuff in your head. And sometimes you buy into one of those thoughts, right? Let's face it, we're all human. You, we can talk, you know, oh, this guy does this and does that. He's amazing. You know, I'm not like that. No, yes, you are. You know, you, you're just like me. And I'm just like you as far as I hear those voices too. And sometimes I buy into one of them. So one of them will say, you know, you, you really ought to stop. You're going to fall apart. You know, you can't do it. And maybe one time you go, you know what, you're right. What, what, yeah, all right. And, and, you, and you, you break. And that's a, that's a terrible moment, but it's also an opportunity to learn. So there's never, you never fail, right? If, if you get a lesson from something, right? I, I learned a long time ago to rearrange that definition, right? That, that, uh, that if you set a goal and you achieve it, that's success. If you set a goal and you fail, but you get a lesson, then that's also success. And so it's hard to fail if you're always succeeding, right? So as long as you learn something from the situation, like, hey, I list, I bought into that and I quit. Um, okay, how can I learn from that? How can I not buy into that next time? And if I think through that and I come out of that with a lesson, then I'm less likely to fail the next time. So wouldn't you say that was a successful event if it leads me to being more successful the very next time? I, I would think so. So, so the, the key there is just to always be learning from whatever it is. So of course you're going to buy into some of those things sometimes. I mean, nobody's perfect. That's the whole point, but we can still get a lesson from it. Yeah, we're all human and there are those moments, right? And uh, the, the uh, people always say a failure can be a lesson. Of course, it looks, it's how you perceive it. But some competitors are so competitive that it, it can, it can break them or it can make them not see, they don't see it that way and it can actually have a negative effect on them. Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 and it's important because you can, you can lose, you can lose the battle or, or lose the race or whatever, and really just start listening to all the negative reports in like you're, you're done with, you're over, you know, you're too old, you're too this, you're too that. And you can just start listening and agreeing. And that's, that's a shame. You got to stop and you got to go, you know what? I hear that, but I'm going to reject it again, and I'm going to learn from it, and I'm going to grow. And again, if you remember that the goal isn't the win all the time. The goal is growth, because if you keep growing, then you're going to be winning. So you don't have to worry about every win or loss. You have to focus on, did I come out of this bigger? Am I growing from this? And it might not feel good all the time, but it's the right strategy, because you're in control of that. Yeah, and I want to hear about, I heard you're running a, 
a pretty serious marathon very soon. Can you tell us a little bit about that, where the, what the setting is, and, and uh, a little bit educate us about that? Yeah, it's it's actually coming up in October. It was going to be April, but they just bounced it to October. Um, and it's a it's a six day stage race, uh, 155 miles uh, through uh, the Sahara Desert. So it averages 120 degrees during the day, um, and uh, they set up tents. They're not really tents; it's just sort of like a, a cloth on the top. You sleep on the ground with, with, between each stage. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it's supposedly Discovery Channel says it's the hardest running race in the world. Um, it's called the Marathon de Sables. So D E S S A B L A S. So Marathon de Sables. You can see a bunch of documentaries done on it. Um, it's pretty crazy. So I have no doubt that uh, somewhere in the middle of the Sahara Desert, there'll be some sort of breakthrough happening. Yeah. So how, what do you do to prepare for something like that? I can't imagine you could tell us in a nutshell, but that it requires training almost every day, right? Yeah, it's it's ultra marathon training. It's marathon training plus some long runs that are really long, like 30, 40, 50 mile runs. Um, uh, but all those are that's that's for the physical. Um, come this summer, I'll be out in the desert, you know, getting heat adaption work done, um, that sort of thing. Uh, but you can't prepare for it. Your feet will be fried. I mean, the, that's your feet will cook. Uh, you'll be running on just um, <laughs> nothing. Uh, just happens because it's so darn hot. So really, it, a lot of it is getting the mind ready, right? Ready for I'm going to go into battle. It's going to be a battle out there, and um, and so just really getting your mindset right. Um, that's just as much as important as getting the body and the nutrition and all the other aspects right. Well, mindset is really the key. It's the way and developing it. Yeah. Uh, so where where is this going to be at? Where is where is the marathon actually? Well, it's in the desert, yeah, in Africa. So um, uh, we fly over there, and then they they bring us out into well into the Sahara Desert, and then we're basically running out of it. Um, so it's uh, yeah, and some of the Moroccans are there. They tend to win at all time because they, they they live there and they're used to it. It's a little bit of home field advantage. <laughs> but um, we'll have a U.S. team out there and um, be representing. Uh, the U.S. and, you know, my goal is, yeah, to, to be the leader of the U.S. team. Um, and first goal is actually to, to survive it and finish it, right? Um, but then to, to do that and hopefully be in the top 50 in the world uh, in that race. So we'll see. But the biggest goal that I have is really to, to grow from it, to come out as a bigger person, to, to have found a higher gear that I've never tapped into before that I have to tap into in order to finish. I know that I'm gonna be calling on that gear. I know that I'm gonna need that at some point. And when I find it and I engage it, then I'll have to, I'll get to get on a plane and fly home with it. And that that's my big prize. So then the next time I'm in some situation in life, I know that I've got that gear that I can go to and perform at a higher level than I've ever performed before. Does it require you to have a mentor or a coach to help you train for these things? It's a whole team. I mean, there's always a team of people. So I've got, you know, the physical therapists and I've got the trainers and I've got nutrition and I've got family support and I've got, you know, all kinds of different people. And, and so it's a very, in a way, it's a selfish sort of act, right? Because you've got all these people really helping you. Um, and that's why the goal has got to be, when you come out of it, for me anyways, to use whatever gears and things that I've grown from it as a way to serve uh, and get back um, because yeah, it's it's a team event. So it looks very lonely and very solo out there, but it's very much a team event. I just happen to be the one doing the running. I love that you say it that way. I love that you you put out there that 
it seems like a selfish thing to do because of your everybody's focused on you, but that you give back with it by everything that you learn yeah. in the desert, everything that you you learn when you're you're actually doing the act of running and getting through it. And it is again so parallel to business. Because here you are, you're working with a team, you have a team that supports you to see you to the success point, whether yeah. it's in your business or winning a marathon, reaching that goal in the marathon or triathlon. And you are going through these touch points in the desert where you're dealing with the heat. That's a business, a business challenge can feel that way. You're yeah. dealing with something that gets thrown your way that you, 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 in the natural setting of the, the run that you didn't expect or anticipate. Right. And how you're going to be conditioned well when you're in the real life situation it is so such so metaphorical when it comes to that and business that's right that's right and the fact that you realize it is a team event just like business i mean in business people always say how are you growing your company so fast because we're, we're really blessed to have a lot of fast growth and stuff and i'm like you know we don't i don't grow my company at all my whole focus is to grow my my, my team when i grow the team members personally and professionally, then their productivity grows. And then as a result, as a byproduct, the company grows. So it's always um, it's always like the team grows the leader and the leader grows themselves. As the leader is a higher level leader, that leader can then grow the people around them to a higher level. You can't lead where you haven't gone. You can't teach what you don't know, right? You, you have to grow yourself in order to grow others around you. So really it looks so selfish, but then you put it into everyone around you and it's like that whole that old saying, right? The rising tide raises all ships, right? So you're in charge of that. You're gonna rise your tide and everybody who's in your world is gonna rise up with you. And that's that's really the glory of the whole thing. That's what's so exciting. It's like, why is it that my life's better when I'm associating with you? It's like, because that's, that's how things work, right? When we're all focused on growing together and I can give to you and you can give to me and we can each embrace these, these, these tough moments and look for the lessons so that we can come out more powerful, right? That's the way to live. And that's the way we're going to uplift each other. And we're all going to do better in life together. A hundred percent. And the, that give and take, that give and take of being part of this team uh, is, is really important in anything really in life, in family relationships, and it sounds like in, in a marathon and also in business for sure. That's so right. so uh, you do you like training with a partner that's equal to you? You said that you have a team that you train with. Do you like to have that or do, are you sort of that one that just wants to be alone when you're training? I, you know, I love training with a team. Um, it's rare that it happens, um, partly just because of my schedule. So I have a lot of team members that had different aspects, but because of my schedule, I tend to be, and when I'm actually out on the trail, a lot of that is alone um the part that i do like about that um just on a personal level is that alone time is is where i think right so for me some people like to think in a chair yeah, but that's my thinking chair and that's great for me it's like the trails i get up in the trails and i'm running and i get the blood pumping and, and uh, endorphins are running and i think i come up with good ideas in those moments right so um that's where i just have my my place of peace or my meditation uh or my ideas my thinking all that comes. So I actually enjoy running alone, although it's obviously fun to have a group, but it just doesn't happen that often. And and that physical challenging your body, wherever you may be on that journey and on that spectrum, really fuels your mind in, in ways that are really uh, biological. I mean, yeah. when you're running and your blood is flowing, it, mm -hmm. it really gets your mind working and sharpens your mind when you are when you're working. That's so right. I, I find that to be really 
um, critical in my business and in what I do is that I feel alive when I have exerted myself physically and it makes me feel energized and, and ready to go in business and really in family. So, you know, I, I just, this idea of of having being able to talk to a, a person who is an entrepreneur like yourself and a high level athlete is really great because it gives people the sense that you can really make those correlations in that metaphor. So as we've talking, as we've spoken here today, uh, the never give up attitude, the yeah. can do attitude, the push yourself to the next level because it makes you grow and that's a growing pain are critical things to being able to, to, to get to that next level, whether you are doing this physically or in business. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Those are all absolutely critical. In fact, and it's not just metaphorically related, like you're saying, I, I personally, if I'm stuck in business, which obviously is what we do, we're stuck all the time. We solve problems for a living. That's what business is. Um, but when I get stuck in something, my first go-to is to go athletically do something. I'm going to go run somewhere or lift a weight or do something to get blood pumping, get moving. You know, I'm not going to solve it sitting in the chair at my desk staring at the screen. I'm going to get in motion. So exactly what you said, it, it, motion creates emotion. It gets the blood pumping, gets the mind going. So I am much better off to solve a business problem realistically if I physically really get in motion. Yes. So you have written a couple of books, Simon Says, and The Anatomy of a, of a Comeback, correct? Yeah, that's right. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about, uh, about those books, especially The Anatomy of a Comeback? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the first book was Simon Says, which is the, the, referring to the kids game, you know, like Simon Says, touch your nose, Simon Says, stand one foot. And that's the whole theory that most people are living a Simon Says life, right? Like they're just... They're, they're, when they're kids, they do what their parents say in school, they do what the teachers say, then they get out, they do what their boss says, and they live their whole life doing what somebody tells them to do. They never actually stop and go, what do I want to do? What am I called to do? What's my purpose? What's my passion? You know, what path should I be on that would really be the most fulfilling for me and really, um, really best aligned with my gifts? So that's what that book's all about is to help people really give a self check on that and perhaps help them get on that path. Um, uh, of purpose, a purpose-driven path. Um, the anatomy of comeback is simply because I had the opportunity to have a whole lot and lose it all and get to start over again, which is just glorious, um, so fun. Uh, but I'm so grateful because in that process, I learned some things about how to break in, um, break through, break out and break away, which are the four steps of the anatomy of comeback. And by doing those things, I was able to go from um, literally nothing um to to you know being back on on top again so um i wrote that book as a small it's a that one the second one's real short it's like a hundred something pages because anybody who wants to come back doesn't want a novel to read right so i made it short um but it's a guide to help people come back that was smart for sure <laughs> if somebody's at their lowest of lows they're like i'm not going to read a 500 page yeah, book <laughs> not at all just even big so I'm going to venture to guess, and this is just me making a, an inference, that your ability to uh, get up back and, and and make the comeback has a lot of to do with how you push yourself physically. Like your ability to get up physically and push yourself as an athlete really informed that comeback. Is that a fair yeah. assumption? 
It is. I mean, and part of a comeback is just sometimes having a bad memory, right? Like, so you don't just dwell on the, the failures of the past. Where it's like, you know what, we had to start fresh. But I'll tell you, it's really two things um, for me. If it was to boil it down that, that I'm good at, that it's been gifted to me. But one is that, that, that right mindset, right? So going into things with the right mindset is going to allow you to, to achieve. And I'll give you a specific analogy. I share this all the time, probably heard it. Um, but it's like three guys that were working. And somebody went up and said, what are you, what are you doing? The first guy said, well, I'm, I'm laying brick, obviously, right? I'm laying brick, the three carpenters. And I'm, okay, he asked the second guy, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm making a living, right? Same, same activity, different mindset. Interesting, right? Mm-hmm. And then they said what, to the third guy, what are you doing? He said, oh, I'm building a cathedral, right? Wow. So which person do you think is going to wake up with more energy, more passion? Which one do you suppose is going to actually do the better job, right? So you can have the exact same activity with different people with different mindsets and have completely different results, have completely different experiences, have a completely different energy levels. So anything that you're going to do, especially if it's about a comeback, get out of that right mindset going into it. And so that would be that would be the, the first thing. The second thing is just, and this is a way overused cliche, but it's the power of like right now. Yeah, um, and, and what happens is so many people are stuck re- rewinding, replaying all the past. We we do it all the time. We're we're bred to do that. We we just constantly do that. And in an ultra marathon, if you think about how long you've run, you're going to drop dead. Like you're going to, I can't believe I just ran a hundred miles, right? You're just going to stop. But if you think about how far you have to go, like I got another hundred miles to go. There's no way I can do that, right? You're going to drop, right? So at some point you have to learn to not think about that, not think about that, a glimpse of the future because that gives you some motivation, but then get back into right now. Like what do I need to do right now today? Right? Right now today, I need to take a step. Right now, today, I need to take another breath, right? That's what I need to do right now. And so it, it, as you're getting back into your comeback, if you think about, oh, it's so bad I lost all that, or, oh, I can't believe I would never be able to get back to that, you're not going to go anywhere. What do you need to do today? What's your next step right now? So those two things, really getting into now and really having the right mindset, and you put that together, um, then you're unstoppable. The fundamentals of life, being present in the moment. Not dwelling on the past and, and you know, not looking too far into the future. I, I, that's that's a really great analogy. You have a giveaway for our audience today. If they put the hashtag in uh, the hashtag train and shine, we always have a special hashtag for our guest. Do you, can you tell us about it? Yeah, I have, uh, I have two documents. One is a, um, a, a little workbook, actually, from Simon Says will actually give you an outline, a little, uh, little thing to go through. And what it does is it gives you a plan, a purpose. It's like, here's how I, uh, here's the track you should be on based on gifts and based on passions. It asks you to do a few things. And once you fill it out, it really gives you a, a path. It's really cool. So that's the first giveaway. The second giveaway is is a, a worksheet. It's actually an outline of the anatomy of comeback, the four exact steps and a few bullet points under each of those steps for you to consider. And if you have all those in line, um, then you're really going to be set up to make a great comeback. Wonderful. Thank you for that. That is uh, invaluable. I think I'm going to download it for myself and and yes. and 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 work with that. So thank you for that. So as we wrap up our show today, Chuck, tell me the main overarching takeaway from today's you know, conversation. If, you, if somebody was listening to this and want to take only one thing away, what would that one thing be? That one thing would be this. Realize that you are not the talker in your head and you've been listening to lies way too long. The reason why you're where you are in your life is because you keep listening and buying into the story that's playing out in your head. You've got to stop listening to that story. 
You've got to create a new narrative, a new story that's unlimited, that could allow you to achieve great things. And that's going to happen by rejecting the story, the narrative that keeps playing in your head. So the one thing I would say is you are the listener and you have the right to reject any narrative, any story that you've been playing over and over in your head. You don't have to play that anymore. And you can start scripting out a new story, a new narrative of your life that really is the one that you are excited about. And you have the power to do that. You just have to take that control. It's shifting that mindset into into that. That's that's yeah. uh, that's amazing. So the tools you've offered us here a tool uh, that we can use that you're you're giving away. Is there any other? Are there any other tools that you can recommend for people to to really start thinking about all this? Well, I'll give you just a couple of just mental tools, right? Um, a couple of mental tools. Uh, the first mental tool that I would give everybody here is the is the freedom to uh, the freedom to give yourself a break. The biggest critic in our own life is ourself. And I'll tell you what, the number one thing of the hundreds of people I've mentored, the number one thing that comes up that I have is not that people are too easy on themselves, they're too hard on themselves. And, and, and when they make a mistake, they're going to grind themselves down into nothing uh, with that. So I would wake up each day and say to yourself, today's a fresh start. Right. I mean, I have the ability to achieve great things. I made mistakes in my past. I'm going to forget those. I'm going to forgive myself for those and I'm going to move on. So the first mental tip is that is the mental tip of forgiveness of yourself. Um, and the second mental tip is the tip, again, that I re referenced a second ago, that you are the listener, not this, the speaker. So you can now start writing out and dialoguing uh, the narrative that you want to make. Yeah, I never thought about uh, what you just said about, uh, you know, that most people are, are are too hard on themselves as opposed to easy about on themselves. I, you know, intuitively, I would think it's the opposite. You would. Where, you does, would. That, where does that come from, from your experience? Like, how did you learn that? You know, it's just from mentoring hundreds of people. And it doesn't matter where, all over the world, I've mentored people, and they're, they're really the same. And most of it comes from the fact that the voices that you hear as kids on the outside, um, the, 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 you know, the, hey, you, you're bad, hey, you messed this up, hey, you're not going to achieve this, all those things that you heard as a kid. And you try to get away from those voices, you know, go in your room and shut the door and stuff. And you could as a kid, but as you got older, those voices that are on the outside are now stuck on the inside. And you don't realize that that transition happened. And you're still hearing that same voice, that same critical father, the, the same, you know, teacher or coach that just said you're 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 never going to achieve anything that was just a voice on the outside and so i get a little caught up because i know so many people that have never realized this that you allowed those voices you, you didn't invite them but you allowed them to go into your head live in your head and and continue to tell you these lies that you've continued to buy into and so then because of that when you fail you go i need to beat myself up according to those same voices i'm going to continue to treat myself the way that i was treated before and you don't even realize it's all subconscious so at some point you have to say you know what those voices uh, came into my head and now I'm not going to listen to them anymore. I'm going to create that new narrative and I'm going to allow myself the ability to fail and be gentle with myself. I'm told to be gentle with everyone else. How about if I'm gentle with myself, right? If I hung out with me, would I be my own best friend or would I want to get away from myself, right? That's the kind of person you want to go, you know what? I love myself. I'm kind to myself. I'd want to be by, with myself the way I treat myself internally. 
That is uh, really profound. I it, I really appreciate that advice. I, I hope that whoever listens to this really thinks about that because like I said earlier, when we are brand new humans, when we're just born, we have no fear. We have no environmental pressures. Nobody has has nurtured, nurtured us positively or negatively yet. And we have no fear. We just go at it and our life experiences inform how we think where our mindset goes and, and and the fears that we that we put in our heads. So that really brings it to a great conclusion. I know you gave us some mental tools. Are there particular, even one or two action items that if somebody's listening to us today and they're at rock bottom and they feel like either whether they're in business or they wanna achieve uh, some kind of a physical challenge goal that they are about to give up, what would be that one action item or maybe two? Well, I think the first thing that I'll give you a couple, the first mindset that you need to realize is that you're not as alone as you think you are. You're, you're, if somebody else has gone through the same thing or maybe even worse, and sometimes that's really important. I know they say misery loves company, right? But it's important to realize that you're feeling alone. If you're that down and out, right? You're just really broken. That's when we feel so isolated and so alone. But you got to realize that we're all connected, whether we're next to each other or not. There's somebody that's gone through the same thing or is going through the same thing right now. And what you want to do is you want to think about this. Turn this pain into a purpose. If you can take this pain you could take, and again, I get emotional because this means so much because I've seen so many people around the world that have so much pain and they let the pain kill them. When in reality, if you take this pain and overcome it, then you now can take that experience and you can go serve other people who have that pain. Nobody can empathize with somebody who hasn't gone through the same thing. So whatever it is that you're going through, look at it as just part of your story. This is like a movie playing out and this is the most critical scene right here that has the entire audience just going, oh my gosh, will this person be able to get through this part? And, and everyone's captivated on what's gonna happen. And you have a choice. You can let it kill you and bury you or you can say, no, I'm gonna break through this. And when I do, I'm gonna be able to circle back and, and, and reach down to all those other people who are in that exact same place that I was with a level of empathy that nobody could have by just reading about the subject in a book, right? I'll be able to reach out, connect with those people and help them be pulled up just like I was because I've been there and I've done that. So take that pain and pursue it, get through it, and then you can turn that pain into total purpose. And so now this horrible thing can actually be one of the greatest things that you've ever had as a gift in your life. Seeing pain uh, as purpose, as struggle as a positive thing is really one of those things that entrepreneurs who are go-getters and, and, and athletes really, um, really, really understand and are aware of. And th thank you for being so emotional and passionate about this. I, I, I sensed it a little bit, but I didn't want to assume it. And then, and then you mentioned it and um, it just, it just really, it really shows your passion and for helping others. I love the idea of I do this and a lot of people are giving me so much during the process, but it's for the higher purpose of me being able to reflect back and and right. and give it back. So thank you so much My for pleasure. being here today, for elevating my show and being part of it and 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 educating me and the audience. And I'm sure this will touch so many people. So thank you. Thank you again. And there you have it. There you You're have so it. Awesome. You're you. awesome, Christine. Thanks so much for having me on here. This is phenomenal. And to be able to touch lives is 
really what life's all about. So thank you. Appreciate Absolutely. It. Thank you, Chuck. So there you have it, the Waste Up, Waste Up Wardrobe Weekly Wrap-Up. And boy, was that an amazing conversation. It's a conversation that you can take beyond the virtual screen, right, and everything that goes into this box. It's a, it's a conversation that you can take into life, just like training for anything. You're training your mind, you're training your body, you are, you are really training for life, and, and this will apply to all areas of your life. So as we wrap up the Mindset Series, we actually have one more episode to air next week, and that is uh, closing out the Mindset Series and looking at it from yet another perspective, from the perspective of an entrepreneur who mentors many others and can tell you about their story. And then we will wrap up the six-episode mindset series, and it will live in the Waste Up Wardrobe library so that you can refer to it anytime you wish, but also learn and get, get out of it what you need. The tools that we've put in these in these uh, episodes that are listed on the Facebook page and, and that you can access, take advantage of them because they are invaluable. They're, they're because of very generous people who want to, who've been through something and want to teach and educate people about their experience so that they can thrive and grow. So join us next week, same time, same place, but on Thursday of next week, because today we're airing it on a different day, and uh, as we continue wrapping up the Mindset Series. And if you are so inclined, invite a friend. Mm -hmm.